G'day and welcome to The Grass is Greener. My name is Tim Henry. I'm a financial advisor in Melbourne. And every week, my guests and I dissect your everyday challenges. We'll get you clearer on your goals and give you financial tips to make it happen. If this is your first time tuning in to The Grass is Greener, make sure you subscribe to the show on your platform of choice so you'll automatically receive each episode as soon as it's released. G'day, welcome back to another episode of The Grass is Greener. Hopefully you're having a great week. Hopefully it's been a productive week. That's our topic for today, productivity. How to focus to be more productive. I'll give you a little story. Have you ever blamed the fact that you had heaps of emails that you needed to tend to that distracted you from doing what you needed to do today? Have you ever blamed being in in unproductive meetings as a waste of your time? Have you ever said, oh, I've got so many calls I couldn't get to what I needed to get to? All things that are re, you know we have to react to during the day that causes stress in the end because we're not getting to the things that we need to get to um, to to be productive in our own right. So I've got a really awesome guest today, Jay Pottinger from EQ Minds. Uh, he's the general manager there and he runs that business with his wife, Chelsea. Um, and I had signed up for one of their courses uh, a couple of months ago now. And the course was a video course, five days. Uh, an email dropped in my inbox each day it gave me a couple of little things to think about. Really, really helpful to me and some of my habits. So I asked Jay, would he come onto the show? The course was how to focus to be more productive. So Jay and I chatted about these topics over a brief chat. We really did talk about some great tips there. Setting up a morning routine to be you know, proactive rather than reactive how to fuel yourself so that you're feeling your best for the day. Talked about multitasking a little bit, tips around your smartphone and also some tips to be more productive with emails and also with meetings. So it was a really great chat. Jay's a really uh, easygoing guy to chat to and just had some really fantastic common sense tips. So I know that you will really enjoy this chat I had with Jay Pottinger. If you're looking for a community of like-minded people who are going on a journey similar to you, then I invite you to join the Grass is Greener Facebook group where you can connect, share and learn from other people just like you. Well, I'm wrapped today that we have Jay Pottinger. He's come on, or Jay's from EQ Minds. He's the general manager there and Jay's come on to have a chat to us about how to focus to be more productive. How are you, Jay? I am fabulous. Thank you so much for having me along. Super excited to be here to chat with your audience. And for those of you that can't see Jay, I can. He's looking really relaxed because he's just come back from a week week's holiday, haven't you? I have. I was down at Parishar. <laughs> it was uh, wonderful. We got a big dump. So I was very fortunate. Great family holiday. Recommend it to everyone. Yeah, Beautiful. Um, well, thanks for coming on to have a chat. Um, and I know when I reached out to you, um, it was great, the chat we had. Um, 
I think it's a problem that a lot of people have. I hear from people all the time saying, I just don't seem to get things done. I don't want to get things. I just can't get done what I want to get done. I need to be more productive. So I'm really looking forward to this chat. Um, but before we do that, tell our listeners a little bit about you, um, both personally and professionally. Yeah, oh, where to begin? So <laughs> professionally, uh, I did a finance and economics degree, trained as an accountant and spent 15 years in banking and financial services, usually on the investment side of things, which I'm sure yep. you can relate to, so shares and equities. But then in 2019, I had a bit of a, a life change. My wife had some challenges back in 2016 when yep. we had our little girl and she started a mental health and mindfulness company called EQ Minds. And the company went really well and she's begging <laughs> me to come on board for quite a while. So finally in 2019, I left the finance world and moved across to join EQ Minds. Uh, and it's it's been fabulous because we've been able to take a lot of those tools that we learned in the in the corporate world, yeah, and overlap them with you know the wonderful things that mindfulness can do and and apply them to help people both in their personal life and their professional life as well. So that was sort of me professionally from a personal perspective. I grew up on the beautiful south coast of New South Wales. I moved away for about fifteen years. Uh, to all types of big cities across the globe in my yep. in the finance world. Uh, back when I was younger, I spent way too much time on a basketball court bouncing a ball around. <laughs> uh, I got to travel the world with that as well, and I, I pursued a bit of a professional career, although it was very, very short-lived as I quickly realized I was never going to be a superstar. Yep. So I, I went into the world of finance. Oh, that's cool, though. Yeah. Oh, it gave me a lot of opportunity and it and taught me a lot about teamwork and a lot about discipline. Uh, yes. And I met some great people in that space as well. And I can still apply some of those principles that I learned um, from back yeah, then. Yeah, well, like, and you're dealing with, I guess, on that any elite sport, you're dealing with people who are elite in helping that mindset and all that sort of thing, aren't they? Because they're trying to help you prepare. Oh, absolutely. And it's all about, you know, mindset, but it's also about taking care of yourself physically and mentally. Yeah. So all of those tools can, I certainly apply them to my professional life and certainly apply them now as well. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, well, I can relate to what you're talking about with EQ Minds because I recently did sign up to one of your short courses. Uh, it was really enlightening, just five days. And an email dropped into my inbox every morning and it was really just about how to focus better. And it helped me so much with a couple of my daily habits. Um, I really thought I wanted to get you on to have a chat. So could we start with the word focus? And I really like the way you sort of linked the word focus to productivity. That was, that was a great, great way that you've explained that during the course. Well, thank you. And thank you for signing up. I really appreciate you, you <laughs> being part of the EQ Minds community. I guess in today's world, everybody's busy, right? It, it's really easy to be busy. And in a lot of ways, it's simpler to be busy than to be focused because focus yeah. takes a bit of discipline. Um, focus takes a bit of time to really work out what's important to you, both from a values perspective, but also from a goals perspective. So when we can sort of peel it back a little bit and take our 
attention away from being busy to sort of doing less and just being really focused on what we want to achieve, that's when we can get real results. Uh, so that's sort of how we link focus and productivity to help help us reach our goals. Yeah. Oh, I think it, it just makes perfect sense, doesn't it? And I think I really relate to what you're saying there. It is easier to be busy. We've had those moments where it's like, am I going to really nut it down on this and focus on this hard problem or will I just go through my emails and <laughs> answer a few emails? So you get back on that little, that non-productive treadmill. Oh, absolutely. And we've all got that friend, right? That every time you ask them for the last 10 years, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so yeah. busy. It's, you know, everyone's got that friend. Uh, and indeed, a lot of times it is just easier to be busy. You don't have to think. Yeah. You can just do your emails all day long because they're never going to stop. The funny thing is um, I went somewhere recently. Oh, not recently. It was probably five or six years ago. And it might have been some coaching I was getting and someone mentioned this about how everyone says how busy they are. And I made a little thing in my head to say, I'm not going to use that word anymore. But it's so hard sometimes you go to say it and then it's like you pause and say, I need to say something different. <laughs> um, we're all just wired to say it. Um, well, let's just assume, and you would, I guess, see this with the the people that you you deal with and coach and and work with um everyone's living a a normal modern existence it's it's, it is that busy busyness is what they call it um what do you see as the biggest challenges for most of us in relation to productivity and focus yeah there's a couple of things i mean obviously the big one is is the smartphone Uh, It was designed with the very best of intentions to help us improve our productivity Uh, since it's, you know, the smartphone came around. Has it actually improved productivity? Productivity growth rates have actually slowed since the event of the smartphone. Um, But I think it was designed with the best intentions. And indeed, if you use it properly, it can be incredibly uh, useful and can help with productivity significant. The only problem or one of the major problems is that the people that design the smartphones probably weren't as smart as the people that design the apps because the people that design the apps (laughs) realized that they often get remunerated by keeping us disengaged or distracted or indeed um, focused on what they want rather than what we want. And so that's a a major issue at the moment. If you look at how long millennials spend on the phone, I think some research showed it was over six hours a day. Gen Z, over seven hours a day. Mm. So it's just a a significant distraction. There's still only 24 hours, isn't there? Well, yeah. If you think about (laughs) how long you're supposed to be at work, how long you're supposed to sleep, it doesn't leave a lot of time. How many times do you think you touch your phone every day? Oh, would have to be 50. 50 times. So it would have to be. And, and that may even be underselling it. So you pick it up and you, you, t- you carry it around or you look at something. Yeah. Average, so maybe that's picking it up. I think it was unlocking the phone was, was around that 50 mark, but we actually touch or tap or swipe our phone over 2,617 times every day. And that's the average user. 
If you're a you heavy user, it's over <laughs> 5,000 times every single day. So that's, wow. um, that is crazy, right? So we've got to look at some ways that we can yeah. sort of own the phone rather than letting the phone own us. And I think that's sort of leads us into the second big part of, of productivity and focus is around we often spend our lives being reactive instead of um, proactive. Yeah. So we react to the notification. We react to the emails that come into our inbox. It's very easy to react rather than to set our intentions and us controlling when we respond to our emails yeah. or when we pick up the phone. Um, and a lot of us go through our days like that, I think. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, I think as well uh, around, uh, I've really noticed recently some people when I've gone to message them, uh, there's a new, maybe it's a new feature, but uh, people have turned the, turning their notifications off at certain times of the day, like, like might be in the evening. And you can see when you go to message them, it says, uh, this person's got their notifications switched off, which uh, that's a great thing. Absolutely. It is an interesting one that because my, my sister's a big one. She's always got that turned off and yet she still responds a lot of the time. I <laughs> understand. Um, whereas, yeah. you know, if you flick on flight mode, the messages don't get through and they can't, you know, we can't help that but to, uh, to not check it. Um, we've got what's called a, a novelty bias. So every time that our phone lights up or we hear a sound, we can't help ourselves. We get this little dopamine hit and it keeps yeah. wanting this new information. So we're always checking our phone just to see if we can get something new. It's what keeps yeah. us so engaged on these apps as well. We, we often just continually swipe with the hope of getting this new information. Even something though we, new. Yeah, even though we, we know it's not going to be good, but we still do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting. Right. It's actually one of the things your listeners can do is you can actually jump in to your phone settings uh, on your, and you can have a look at your screen time and you can actually check how long you're spending on the phone every single day. And I think you'd be amazed when you look at it, how long actually people spend on the phone every day. It's pretty crazy. Well, this was the cool thing on, I think, on one of the first days of our short course that I did with EQ Minds. I think that might have been on day one. Yeah, absolutely. You, you suggested that. So that was interesting. And I think all you really challenged um, us to do was to say, okay, well, if there's some app time on there that you think doesn't look that productive, um, maybe you want to move those apps off your off your your visible page and, and put them in a different folder, which I actually did do that, and that has been huge for me. Um, I, I moved all the social media apps into a folder so I don't actually see them. I have to actually go into that folder to find them now um, because I think as – and we use social media a lot for work as well. So, um, yeah, we would just constantly find ourselves on there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, the mindless scroll, right? It, it yeah. It's all of us where, you know, we might be waiting for a coffee and we just think, oh, I've got a second here. I'll just – jump into my socials and the next thing you know, one minute becomes 10 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes and you're down a rabbit hole. Yeah. Uh, by that time your coffee's cold and you're, you're still scrolling. So it happens <laughs> to all of us. And look, I'm no different. It still happens to me a lot of the time as well. So if we can yeah. put these uh, little buffers in place to make it more challenging to get into them, 
I think it can absolutely help. Has that helped you? It has, yeah. I, I think um, no doubt now that I know how to go in and look at those, um, how much screen time I've been spending, um, no doubt that they have dropped significantly uh, since I did that. And, th- and that's just because it's put them somewhere where they're not easily found. <laughs> unless you deliberately go looking for them. Yeah, absolutely. I actually was working with a pharmaceutical client not too long ago and one of their employees had actually gone to the, I suppose, a little bit extreme level of <laughs> uninstalling all of the apps on their phone so that they, if they ever need to go into or want to go into social media, they have to actually reinstall the app. I thought, oh, wow, wow, that's really getting old. Yeah, that's yeah. They must have really wanted to make a change. Yeah, absolutely. The other one that I heard, which works pretty well too, is always logging out. And so therefore you're forced to log back in. and Log back in. Yeah. yeah don't set up the auto password uh, so that it makes it really easy. Make yeah. sure that you have to type it in every single time. Obviously. A well, this is the other thing, isn't it? That the apps want to make it easy for you to stay logged in, which... Oh, absolutely. That's probably a, not great for you. <laughs> We've done a lot of cyber security work this year too. Not great for that. I bet. To be constantly logged in as well. But it's certainly not good from an accessibility point of view. No, and just on that, I think we've got to remember how they're remunerated and what their algorithms are doing, right? They need us to be on there so that they can get more time, so yeah. that they can generate more ads. It seems like the remuneration structures that they have might be a little bit broken or not in our best interests. No, um, I think that's it. Yeah. Now, the, the next thing I just wanted to ch- chat about, um, that was obviously one great outcome I got. There's a there's a couple of other things that, um, do you mind if I touch on these? Some, no, far away. Uh, th- things that you your course had that have really helped me. Um, and if there's other things you want to throw in here, um, certainly do that. Again, it comes back to the phone as well. This was a just a basic thing about starting your morning with a with a bit of more of a healthy approach. And the challenge was to do some stretching before you looked at your phone. And I found that really good. So I I normally prior to doing it, I would have um, had the phone charging there next to the bed and wake up and just have a little read of what what was going on in the world and and then get up. Um, sometimes that might have been looking at an email and then already you're engaged into work mode and you haven't even left bed. Um, so this has been good, doing some stretching and, and getting the body moving and not going near the phone until I've done that. Yeah, absolutely. And it does... It doesn't necessarily need to be stretching. It could be meditating. It could be getting out and going for a walk, whatever it is. We did some surveys within our company with our clients and we found that the first thing that 80% of the population does is pick up their phone. And when you pick up the phone, what are you usually looking at? You're looking at the news. Well, the news is always negatively biased. Yeah. So, you know, watching the next world war is not really real positive for our brains. Not a great way to start the day. Yeah. Or alternatively, we get an email, like you said, puts us into work mode. How many emails tell us that we're amazing? It's not usually that. It's usually (laughs) saying, Hey, you need to do something, which puts us into a uh, state of stress. And then finally, the other thing people do first thing is when they pick up their phone, they look at a social media influencer, which 
often is someone living their best life, which looks a lot better than our life. So that doesn't make us feel real good. No. So just giving our brain some time to come into the day in a positive frame of mind can absolutely change the way you set your day up for success. Uh, coming out of sleep, we're in a, a beautiful brain wave, uh, nice and relaxed. Why do we try and charge ourselves into this cortisol stress in yeah. start for the day when we can do something a lot more nice for our brains uh, and make us feel good and start the day off on a positive frame? And you mentioned the word before saying um, react or being proactive and intentional rather than reactive. And I think if we grab our phone and just do that, we're already going into reactive, aren't we? Because it's like everything's coming at us and we haven't even had the chance to sit and think about what what do I want to do today? How how am I going to show up in the world today and and what impact am I going to try and make? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. For a lot of people, the, the start of their day is precious time where it's their time. You know, mm. the rest of the world is going to take so much from you during your day that, you know, make morning sacred, make them your time so that you yeah. can invest in you before everyone else tries to take a piece of it. Uh, and that might involve, you know, your stretching or your meditation or your exercise or your journaling, or it could even be just setting your intentions for the day. What do you need yeah. to do, do today to make sure today is a successful day and really identifying the things that are important to you rather than, as you said, being reactive and worrying about what other people want from you. Yeah, great. Um, the next one that I've, I've really embraced is a bit more of a physical one. Um, is drinking water in the morning before, I think you called it the black gold or whatever, the coffee, <laughs> yeah. um, getting some hydration going before you have the coffee. So I was, that was one I was definitely um, not good at. And, and so that's been good too. I've really noticed a good difference there. And, and why do you think that one's sort of helped you so much? Um, I just think that uh, once again, the half an hour or so that you have in the morning and if, you, if you're if wanting to prepare for the day and that sort of thing, probably no better time than to get some hydration. You know, obviously, you probably get a bit dehydrated overnight anyway. And then before you actually kick into gear for the day, um, why not hydrate your body and get it get it ready to go? Yeah, well, you bang on there. So we do get dehydrated overnight. We lose a lot of water, so it's really important for you know our our health um, and also for our brain function that we hydrate. And so yeah. I like to front load my water. I definitely first thing I do when I wake up is drink a liter of water. Probably wouldn't recommend that. Uh, as a starting point, because you yeah. know, might be have some problems with the toilet, but um, <laughs> you know, work your way up to that. The other thing is the big thing about coffee in the morning is when we wake up, that's when our cortisol is at its natural highest. If we remove, you know, the stresses that we have throughout the day, but naturally our body is producing a lot of cortisol to get us up and moving. So some of the science shows you should probably wait about 90 minutes. I know that's a bit hard sometimes, but, you know, to let that cortisol spike in the morning and come off a bit before we just yeah. put more of this. Um, load more in. Yeah, load more in. Exactly <laughs> right. So it can really be beneficial if we wait a little bit of time before we have that black gold. Uh, I'm not, certainly not going to sit here and say don't drink coffee. I love coffee. I think yeah, so. uh, I'm as addicted as anyone else, but just have a little bit of a break 
uh, and start off with water. It's amazing how good you'll feel when you're having water. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah it makes a big difference. Um, yeah, so the funny thing is I do um, either go to the gym or run most mornings and I normally get up pretty early. So, yeah, it's changed. My, my habits were like get up about 20 past five, read the phone in bed, walk downstairs in my running gear, have a coffee and then go out for a run. Without so, having any water. There you go. That was <laughs> sometimes not. Wow. And sometimes maybe just a quick glass or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's been good for me because I think, um, it, you know, you know, that you should have, have a glass of water, but it was always a second, second thought. Like I might quickly have, have a bit of water just as I'm leaving the house or something thinking, oh yeah, I probably should before I go and do some exercise. But yeah, so that's been good for me. Um, that's, um, that's great. And the, the other really good thing about that routine, you know, if you can get some water in there with the exercise is getting out and getting some sunlight first thing in the morning can really help with setting your circadian clock. Um, so a lot of people that have sleeping problems don't realize that if they got some light first thing in the morning into their eyes, that would actually help, help with their sleeping problems um, oh. by setting their circadian clock first thing in the morning. So getting out, getting some sunlight can be really beneficial for setting your day up for success. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Nice to know. Yeah. Um, one of the next a few things that I'm intending to do. I haven't really put the same effort into this phase of the course yet, but that's my, my next thing is I'm doing some work into the email and meeting habits. I thought it'd be good to maybe just to chat about those. Yeah. Oh, well, where to begin with <laughs> meetings and emails? They sort of run our lives these days, especially in the corporate world. I think you'd hear that from people, wouldn't you? They'd say, oh, like I had so much work to do and I ended up in this meeting that just went nowhere and wasted my day or, or whatever. Yeah, that, there was the Microsoft Future of Study report that came out uh, that showed meetings were just such a, firstly, a, a huge investment in our time but also just didn't get the outcomes that people expected. In fact, yep. there was some um, research done or surveys done out of the US that showed execs thought that over 67% of meetings never got, not didn't provide the outcome that they wanted them to, um, which is just phenomenal. When it comes to meetings, you know, we need them there. We want them to be this, you know, amazingly useful and resourceful position for uh you know coming up with great outcomes and collaborating and communicating but for many of us the outcomes aren't that great and in fact we spend a lot of time in meetings that we probably shouldn't be in because we auto accept all our meetings rather than actually finding you know whether we should be there and whether we can actually contribute to that meeting um so there's definitely some things we can do in that space to improve meetings i think the first one and maybe the simplest one is just determining, you know, we all default our meetings to an hour, or at least a lot of us do. Yeah. The meetings need to go for an hour um, or should they be 45 minutes or 30 minutes or 25 yeah. minutes or whatever yeah. it is? Because if you've heard of Parkinson's law, meetings just expand to, um, or work expands to hit the, fill the time allocated. Um, and that's very true for meetings, right? So just by changing our default, I think we can definitely get some better outcomes. Try and mate, yeah, because there's a lot of sometimes a lot of chit chat around meetings early on, and it 
everyone sort of warms into it. You're like 20 minutes in and we haven't even started. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas if the meeting was only had a 25-minute time allocation, I bet you'd be uh, into Come there ready to go. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Actually, years ago, I worked for Aldi and um, Aldi had some really interesting um, uh, cultural things that were very strong culturally. Um, but they they had a rule basically that if you if you weren't at the meeting five minutes before the meeting started, you were late for the meeting. <laughs> wow! And, and so on the when the meeting started, it was it was just on, and then it was it was turning it around quickly and just getting through it. I can. And, and so people would like really you, when I first started there, I was I was turning up at ten o'clock, but uh, for the ten o'clock meeting. And yeah, you're getting a few eyebrows and people looking at you because it's like, well, should have been here five minutes ago because that's when everyone's supposed to be here. Because at ten o'clock we start the meeting. We are not still turning up. Well, that's a great one. I like that one. Yeah. We actually, if you spoke to any of my old uh, teammates back in my last banking role, they probably wouldn't be too happy with me. I had a closed door policy that if you weren't on time, I would close the door, oh. uh, and you weren't allowed in. So. I, I got to be. I think that's of, fair enough. Yeah, I, I got to be tired enough. of people being late. So that was just a bit of respect, isn't it? Yeah, it is a respectful thing. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's time is really valuable, and if you're not there on time, then you're saying your time is more important than others for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, as well with emails, tell tell us a little bit about emails. I think that's one that people mention all the time as you know, things that weigh them down or demand their time. Oh, yeah, emails. There's definitely there's definitely some big things when it comes to emails. I think the first thing is most of us spend our time being reactive. So we arrive at work and the first thing we do is we open up emails and we start working on other people's priorities instead of our priorities. Yeah. So I think if there's one change you can make, it's working out to respond to emails when it suits your schedule rather than when it suits other people's schedule. And you can do that by batching emails. Uh, obviously, you need to meet, meet your business requirements and your customer requirements. But yeah. having your emails open all the time is probably not the best way to manage your day. It turns out there was uh, Stolen Focus, which is a wonderful book. If you if you haven't looked at it from a productivity perspective, it's a great book. Uh, yeah, it's called Stolen Focus. They talk about yeah. how 70% of us never turn off our phone notifications and so, therefore, we just spend our day reacting and a big mm. part of that is emails. Um, so, that's that's definitely one thing you can do. And then the other big thing, I think when a lot of people write emails, we don't get the responses we want probably because we haven't written the email or communicated what we want in the right manner. And so, I think by shortening our emails, using the subject headings a lot better and really identifying what we need from that email, we can get a more appropriate or quicker response and a easier response. Yeah. yeah. I think Harvard Business Review did some research and showed that only 25% of emails get responded to. So we want to be part of that 25%. Yeah. Uh, and to do that, you know, use subject headings. If you have a question, write in the subject heading question or action required or you know, maybe even the questions so that people know exactly what you are trying to achieve with that email rather than a, a four-page essay that has a, a question well, hidden in it. Even uh, I know this is probably not, well, the emails we're talking about are probably dealing with uh, either colleagues or 
or customers or whatever. But occasionally, you know, you do get these emails from people that are trying to sell you things or whatever. And I always find these humorous that you'll get an email from them saying, blah, 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 I do it, I do this, I do this. If you're interested, reach out. So it's like, well, I'm not interested, so I deleted that. And then you get a follow-up one a couple of days later, say, I never heard back yeah. from you. It's like, but I followed your instruction. <laughs> yeah, so true, isn't it? So true, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's great. I'd love you to sort of tell our listeners a little bit more about EQ Minds if you've got time, um, because I think the resources in there there are – I think what, what I really like about them is they're succinct. So you're mentioning succinct right there in the last little um, topic. But I think sometimes when we want to do something for our well-being, it feels like all this lengthy stuff I've got to go through to try and you know, build, a, build new habits and all that. And uh, what I've really liked about the EQ Minds uh, resources is just succinct and common sense tips and, and just great ways for us to think about how we do things differently. Yeah, well, th- well, thanks for that. We appreciate that. We certainly, when we created EQ Minds, we realized, you know, we we were time poor, our customers are time poor, so we need to make things really simple. And the the tips and tools that we give people, you know, we spoke about this earlier, they're not rocket science. They're just simple little changes that you can make and you don't have to make all of them. It's just picking the ones that resonate best with you. Yeah. So if you'd like to find out more information, uh, we have our website, eqminds.com on there. We have a, a free monthly newsletter. Alternatively, there's a whole variety of short courses and we do a lot of corporate workshops and keynote speaking as well. Uh, if you like social media, which I've just been bagging for the last 30 <laughs> minutes you can jump on instagram where we give people simple tips to take care of their mental health and their performance and my wife chelsea uh, has just published her first book called the mindful high performer and that has thousands of different tools for people to take yes. care of their mental health so that they can perform at their best both at work and in life because uh, we just want people you know to be happy and and to you know have more fulfilled lives. Yeah, awesome. Well, I can say, um, yeah, I'm re- still reading the book, but um, it's in a similar vein is that it's not heavy. It's not preachy. It's actually just helpful. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> so that's, that's what's been really, really good about it. It's, again, common sense stuff, but um, just helps provide a framework, I think, to think about. Um, your own habits and what you're doing yeah all this stuff is really it it is really simple it's just you know working out what works for you and having a little bit of discipline to put it in place (laughs) (laughs) Um, anything else you want to leave our listeners with jay no not at all thank you so much for having me along today it's been a pleasure really appreciate it and uh, i wish you and all your audience very well for the uh the remainder of the year that continues to go so fast thanks for coming yeah thanks so much for having me If you're looking for a community of like-minded people who are going on a journey similar to you, then I invite you to join the Grass is Greener Facebook group, where you'll connect, share and learn from other people just like you. Well, I'm sure when you listen to some of the things that Jay and I chatted about, you sit back and say, look, none of it is rocket science. And I think Jay even mentioned that. But they are things that we need to 
try and impact in a deliberate manner and actually set up deliberate habits. And and I think that's what I've got um, out of the course. I did uh, with Jay's content is it's just reframing those habits. And sometimes we just slip into those habits and we need to reset them. I will just provide links to the EQ Minds website in the show notes. I just think it's a great resource for anyone. There's certainly free content on there. There's there's content you can pay for. There's a podcast, workshops, all sorts of things on there. And as well as that, uh, Jay's wife, Chelsea, has released a book, which is is a really, um, I think, doing really well, called The Mindful High Performer, which I'm, I'm also reading too. Fantastic book. So encourage you to go and have a look at the eq minds resources there and and tap into what you need the information in this podcast is of a general nature and does not take into account your own financial objectives circumstances and needs you should consider your own personal situation and requirements before making any decision if you have any concerns or questions please contact me. That's the end of another show. Remember, the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's greener where you water it. See you later.